0: From Luke 1, 26 to 38, the birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, You who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favour with God. Ah, I've lost it. (laughs) You have found favour with God. Then the angel left her.
1: Hello, everybody. It's me, just in case you didn't realise. And for those of you who don't know who the uh, the me is, my name's Roger. I'm one of the leaders uh, of the church here. Good to be with you uh, today. What a a phrase uh, for that young woman to come out with. I am the Lord's servant. I hope you feel able uh, to say that. David's already introduced where we're going today and where this uh, sits in terms of our series that we're um, going through on the build-up to Christmas over the cafe servery which if you stay here to get yourself a cup of coffee you'll see that there are five words. Those five words that are foundational for what we're about really as church, belonging, serving, growing, sharing and Worshiping, and one of those that we're looking at today is the word serving. Now, do you like surprises? Bang! Oh, so for some, oh, Claire just jumped out. I did ask the question, I made it very obvious that there may well be a surprise coming. That wasn't actually the surprise that was coming. A few years ago, when my uh, if we can have some paramedics coming over here to actually uh, see to Claire over here. Pretty clear at least you 're already awake, a couple of others have actually woken up at that point. so uh, a few years ago, when my daughter, who is now in Australia, was over here she 'd not long passed uh, her driving test, and she was, uh, she was very thrilled to be in her first ever car and if you can remember your first ever car that that's quite a big special moment isn't it and and I turned up at Tesco's to do my usual bargain shop as I do from time to time and there outside Tesco's quite close to the front was my daughter's car and I thought she doesn't know I'm here what can I do with my daughter's car now, being the loving dad that I am, I thought, I know what I'll do. She was parked un- under a tree, and there was a fallen branch that I then took that fallen branch and put that in her windscreen as kind of like a, a, a sort of like a, a, in the um, a windscreen, you know, that bit. Uh, so it's sort of like a dad bouquet of flowers. My daughter would have known, that's my dad. That's the sort of thing that only my dad would do. However, it was autumn. And as well as there being that branch there, there are a whole host of leaves. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun to put some of those leaves on the car as well? Gemma will know, oh, this is just my dad. I got a little bit carried away from the one or two sort of scooping it up of leaves. They were all dry, which was great, because it was autumn, all these parlor leaves were underneath the tree. So this entire car was covered on the bonnet and on the windscreen with all the all these leaves. I thought she is gonna think this is hilarious. I heard nothing from my daughter at all. And I thought, well, maybe I've crossed the line. It's her first ever car. She's probably really, really cross. So after a couple of hours, I sent her a text to say, that I just want to say sorry for what I've done to your car. She said, what do you mean? I said, well, and I explained, you know, in terms of when you came outside Tesco, she said, Dad, I'm in Bournemouth. (laughs) So that kind of surprise for my daughter ended up being a surprise for somebody else. And if that was you, around about six years ago, I want to go global and public and say, I'm sorry, these things happen, and evidently I just crossed the line. But obviously there was more of a surprise for me. It was a bit of a shock when I heard that. But if that was a surprise or a shock, I want us to think about that surprise or that shock that Mary would have felt upon that news that she got from the angel. Now, some, in some church circles, there's an overdone-ness about Mary. But maybe as evangelical people here, we, we tend to kind of like maybe underplay Mary as an individual and her role. Well, we're going to set the record straight today as we think about serving, because here was a woman who, who a young woman who declared, I am the Lord's servant. God gave Mary an incredible heart that was to simply express, I am the Lord's servant, in Luke chapter 1, verse 38. We're going to explore that and think about what that simple phrase may well be if we turn that around and apply that to ourselves and ask ourselves as to whether or not we are able to say, along with Mary, I am the Lord's servant. And if so, what might that look like here in 2021? So we're going to think a little bit about Mary and then particularly in in the context of that serving role. And then I want to reflect a few things back to you about what that might look like here. And then we're going to pause. We're going to worship God in song. And then we're going to unpack just a few other bits and pieces about Mary that I'd like to share, which I think are all part of the story that God's unchanging word is there for us to receive and hear uh, today. God gave Mary this heart, firstly of faith, in verse 34. It's difficult to take on board what exactly Mary, this young Girl must have felt being visited by and spoken uh, to by an, an angel. Or to know really how she felt when the Bible we read describes in verse 29 that upon hearing some words, she was greatly troubled at his words. Think about the story that we all know so well, but peel away, if you're able, the familiarity of the Christmas story. And think about a genuine young teenage girl hearing these words and what that may well have meant for her. Added to this, she is a virgin and she is told she is going to become pregnant. Added to this, she is told that her baby will be called son of the most high in verse 32. For anyone to not freak out is pretty miraculous in itself. But she was likely to be, as I hinted at, a young teenager. When that happens in our day, there is that sense of shock, stress, scandal shame in the family and the repercussions can be huge no matter how positive the support might well may well be around the one who is uh, pregnant you may well have had a situation like that in your family or you know a friend i certainly have and these are not easy things to navigate through at all when it's unexpected mary's response demonstrates incredible faith and she simply asks the question Well, how will this be since I am a virgin? Now, don't you think that's a very fair question? I do. Let's not be embarrassed or awkward about it. That is a very reasonable uh, question uh, to us. She'd obviously been taught the birds and the bees, which was uh, hence behind her asking uh, that question. She knew that there was only one way that you could get pregnant, which is... No, whoa, whoa, whoa! Sunday morning. I just wanted to wake you up there. Just testing. It's okay. Different from the reaction, though, of someone older. And you would have thought wiser earlier in the chapter. Zachariah was told that his wife, Elizabeth, would bear him a son. How can I be sure of this? There's that sense of doubt. I'm an old man and my wife is well on in years. Luke chapter 1 verse 18. When God speaks to us our response should be to have a quiet assurance. Elizabeth recognizes Mary's faith. We discover that later in the chapter because she says, blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said. And that's always going to be the case. We will be blessed if we believe what the Lord has said. Well, God's not spoken to me. Well, read this book. There's a bucket load of stuff here. Anything you read in here is God's word. Whether or not we choose to apply it to ourselves is down to ourselves and our own responsibility. Mary had received this touch from God and responded in a very simple faith. That's the starting point. It's not to say that we can't serve God if we haven't got a faith, but rather that what God is looking for is a servant heart that flows out of the faith that we have when we have an encounter with the living God. That's what he wants for each and every one of you here this morning. God gave her a heart of faith, but also he gave to her a heart of of a servant we see that in verse 38 linked to her faith as it is her positive is linked to her faith as it's her positive response to all the angel shares with her she hears that the holy spirit is going to come upon her and that the power of the most high will overshadow her and it's about uh, and she also hears about elizabeth expecting and the assurance that nothing is impossible with god Okay, if that is what God wants, she's reflecting, then that's fine by me. Why? Because I am the Lord's servant. We don't always choose our individual path, do we? It may well be that where you're at in your own journey, you're in a particular place or a particular area. And you thought, well, I'm not sure that this would have been my menu choice. But it may well be as we discover and we journey along that we see God's hand upon our lives, wherever that may well be. But it's good to be able to come to that place of concluding as Mary did. With, well, I am the Lord's servant. If this is what God is saying, then count me in. I'm on board with that. There's no resistance from her as a result of what, would, uh, what that might look like for her or of what other people would say you can't hide a pregnancy those of you who've been pregnant may well initially have thought i don't want people to think i'm fat you try keeping that up for nine months and most of you oh, i've got to be careful what i'm saying here but let's be honest it's pretty difficult to hide that fact isn't it think about that in terms of what mary would have had to have dealt with it doesn't seem to phase her at all there's no apparent fear of her being stoned And that would have been expected in the order of the day. There's no panic, it would appear, as to what she might say to Joseph, the one that she was due to marry. There's no visit to an abortion clinic. There's nothing other than a sense of quiet, simple faith and assurance and responding that, okay, God, if that's what you're saying, count me in. I am the Lord's servant. And whatever stuff goes on in our world, I hope that we come to that same place. Still keeping hold of a simple faith, and mine all these years on, is still pretty simple, and I think God's okay with that. But then to conclude, you know what, I am the Lord's servant. There's nothing here about whether she wants to do this or not. Nothing to do with her rather doing something that would make her happy. It may well be that she would have had plans for uni or plans for a job or maybe to go off on her mate uh, with her mates, uh, you know, to some sort of party or on a holiday. Given her age, it may well be she would have been looking around for a local driving instructor. Who knows what would have been going on in this young woman's life? Everything is in submission to God's purpose for her life. What about you and me? Whole host of stuff going on, isn't there? But everything must be in submission to God's purpose in our lives. Are we able to say open handedly, I am the Lord's servant? Now, I know many of you can, and some of you are probably doing too much. I want you to hear that bit before I share some of the other things that I want to throw out to you and just allow. The penny to drop in certain places where there's opportunity to serve this Lord here as a part of what it means to be church. Might it be that we're able to say, I am the Lord's servant. That's why I'm going to offer to start a drama group. I am the Lord's servant. That is why I'm going to offer to be a point of contact with the school next door. To help us develop stronger links than we've been able to thus far. I am the Lord's servant. That's why I'm going to offer to start something for those who are single or or who feel lonely. I'm the Lord's servant. That's why I'm going to offer to provide meals for those in the church who are in need right now. I am the Lord's servant. That's why I'm going to offer to join the team of people who send church members birthday cards. I am the Lord's servant. That's why I'm going to offer to support community tots when our outreach to parents of toddlers restarts. I am the Lord's servant. That's why I'm going to offer to help with some aspect of the building maintenance here. And there's plenty of stuff to get your hands dirty with. I am the Lord's servant and that is why I'm going to offer to learn how I can help out as a part of the sound and visuals team at the back. I am the Lord's servant. That is why I'm going to offer to set up communion when we're able to restart this. I am the Lord's servant. That's why I'm going to offer to join the community kids team with Laura and with Claire. I am the Lord's servant. That's why I'm going to offer to develop the church's Facebook page. I'm the Lord's servant. That's why I'm going to offer to help out with the weekly newsletter instead of leave it to a team of one. I am the Lord's servant. That's why I'm going to offer to support where I can regarding the website content instead of leaving that to a team of one. I am the Lord's servant. That is why I'm going to offer to set up an outreach group to think through how we can better connect with the Painbury community. Whole host of opportunities. If you are already over busy and doing too much stuff here, the moment you offer for something else, the elders are going to tell you in love. No, this is not who this message is for. But others of you may be in that place of thinking, you know what? I want to know if there's a place for me here in this church. I've lost count of the amount of times I've discovered months later. And the individual will say these words. But I never thought there was anything for me to do here. Every single one of you has an opportunity today to receive a sheet of paper of about 70 different ministry opportunities here. So nobody can say there's nothing for me to do. And if you're stuck because none of those 70 grabs you, speak to the elders, not me, because I'm out of here. Speak to the elders about what could I do. I want to say this. You are never, ever too young. I'm so glad we've got some children here and some young people. You are never, ever too young. You guys are the church. I know I'm a bit old and fuddy-duddy at the front. Forget that. You are never too young. But I also want to say to people like Ian, you are never too old either. You are never too old. Mary was in her young teens most probably. Other biblical characters were serving God whilst being older than anybody here today. God isn't interested in your ability. He's interested in your availability for him. Maybe now is the time for us to seek to step up or to consider something new for the first time. Support your leaders for such a time as this. Encourage Romy. Make her feel good as she seeks to do the same with all of you by just being that pastoral presence. Use your gifts. And if you're unsure what it is, what they are, get involved in something. Try something. And if it's not that, it may well be one of the other 70 things on that list. Just give that to God. Ask him to lead you as to where you may well fit. Every member, I believe, has a responsibility to be involved. If it's not in a hands-on capacity, it's in a hands-together capacity. Now, I deliberately don't want to mention any names, But I could, as I look around, as I know and I'm aware of the prayerful people, many of you behind the scenes that may well feel I'm not able to do what I once was able to do. But boy, can you pray? That is what we need at this church alongside that which is being done hands on. We need the hands together as well. Now, this next line is important unless you have a very specific health issue or a particular life situation that demands time out, then God is looking for his people to be participators, not spectators. There are times where it is right to not do anything. Please don't delete that line before you hear the other half of the sentence. But in the main, for the rest of us, Actually, it's about being participators, not spectators. If you're looking for a church to turn up on a Sunday and disappear away from, that's it. We are not probably the church for you because you'll hear that message in a recurring way that's saying, we want you to partner with us about what this church is about. And that's serving the Lord and it's serving one another and it's serving our local community. It is not about coming in here and being pew fodder for an hour and a half and then going home for the next week. That has never been what this church is about. Don't wait to be asked. It's better to ask and be told to wait. You can make a difference, but the power comes in what we all do and seek to do together. It always has been and it always will be. Do this, and I believe the best is yet to come for Dorchester Community Church. May it be that we're each of us able to say, I am the Lord's servant. Not I was, I am that sense of ongoingness from this day onwards. We're going to pause while we reflect on where we're at individually. I'm not sure if you actually saw midway through that last uh, song. I'm not, uh, there was a, a, obviously an, uh, an issue of sound or something like that in the uh, cafe. So Andrea doing her thing back there, whisks up to uh, talk to Wei Liang. And there is Wei Liang, who's already got something in his ears uh, that's talking to him about sound balance and everything else. He's playing the keyboards there with his right hand and with his left hand, he's on a computer thing to sort out what's it. If that is not serving, God, I don't know what it is. Well done, Wei Yang. I have to say I'm a bit disappointed. His left elbow was rather redundant. But apart from that... He's pretty hot stuff isn't he? Okay just a few thoughts for us to think about some other elements about uh, Mary uh, this morning uh, before we actually uh, turn back to God uh, in song together. Mary rushes off to see Elizabeth her older uh, cousin kind of like a typically girly thing and the first thing that's recorded uh, is that Mary says in praise my su- my spirit rejoices in God my saviour. To 1 verse 46 you can read that first chapter uh, yourself but it's not an impulsive outburst it may well have taken her several days to reach her cousin and yet despite that she's still on that high saying my spirit rejoices in God my saviour she doesn't just see the Lord as the saviour but as her own she personalizes it got to invite you to ask yourself that question are you able to say well yeah we're here to worship thee lord or this is my lord that thee to my is a little bit of a shift but that is what god is wanting for each and every one of us Mary's praise leads into worship for who God is, for what he has done for her, for his mercy, for his miracles, for his dealings with mankind, for his provision, for his help and for his faithfulness. It's called the Magnificat. You can read that bundle of good stuff in just eight verses towards the end of chapter one. There's a lot of worship that is going on within that. Think to the context that Mary was in. She lived in a society built on an elite, racist and oppressive system. Yet she recognises that God's intervention is about to change all of that. Whatever the circumstances are around us, whatever the uncertainty of changing times that we may live in, Whatever our own personal viewpoints may well be about COVID and wearing masks, not wearing masks and everything else. May it be that despite what is going on around us, we are still able to come to that place of praise and worship for who God is and who Jesus is in the reality of all of that. Right in the midst. That's what Mary did. And if you think about the heart of the Christmas message, that is it. God coming into that mud and the mire. And from there, being wanting to be real for each and every one of us. There's then the birth of Jesus, which over the coming weeks we're going to be thinking about. Following that birth of Jesus and the visit of the shepherds, particularly, word gets around. It. We're going to be thinking about that on Christmas Day. And then we read that Mary treasured up all these things in her Heart and pondered them in her heart. I've always loved uh, that phrase, kind of a sense of her quite deliberately uh, taking time out, savoring these good times. Maybe as well imagining what might be ahead or simply enjoying God's blessing upon her in the now. It's good to take time to reflect. It's good to do that as we seek to to serve uh, Jesus here as well. We can get so carried away with the doing church and the being busy that we can kind of forget what it's all for. In the book of Revelation, there are hints of words there about do that which you did at first. I've forsaken, you've forsaken your first love. All the busy stuff going on, which is great, but may it be that we don't forsake our first love. Take time out to think about what you are individually doing for him. But what is the purpose of that in the bigger scheme of what it means to be church here together and praying for the fruit that's going to result from that? There would for Mary be tougher times ahead. There may well be tougher times ahead in your own life may well be from the church for the church as well that happens from time to time there are seasons aren't there that go on that go on in our own uh, lives simeon with the holy spirit upon him in luke chapter 2 moved by the spirit we read uh, in verse 25 took hold of this baby jesus and prophesied over him mary and joseph we read marveled about what was said about him there's lots of good stuff But that's not all that is said, because there's a sting in the tail. As Simeon goes on to say, a sword will pierce your own soul too. Verse 35. In other words, Mary, beware of what's ahead, because Jesus is going to cause all sorts of reactions. And your heart is going to end up broken. So there's something for her to capture and to hold on to, not just in in the beauty of the now, but that it's not always going to be like that. And sometimes the way that we live our lives and we get a taster of God's goodness, we can forget that that's not all there is. We're told there's going to be tough times. We're told that it's going to be persecution. We're told told there's going to be suffering. And then when that stuff occurs, we act all surprised. (laughs) Why is that? Prepare. Prepare yourselves. For what may well be lingering around the corner, none of us know. Mary was given advance warning. I wonder how she then would have reacted when not that long afterwards, Joseph then told her about his dream when Jesus was probably a a toddler, Matthew chapter 2 and verse 13, and says, Mary, Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Maybe her mind went back to what she'd heard a couple of years before. Is this going to be the moment that she might lose her Child, They escaped to Egypt and didn't return to Nazareth until after Herod's death. And you read about that also in Matthew chapter 2. God gave Mary courage to face what would come her son's way. It's painful enough to experience the death of a child. And we know that all too well as we have aligned ourselves and sought to support one local family who we're going to be meeting to remember. And to also celebrate the life of a very, very young one this week. And I know you'll be praying about that. Mary was to grow up and getting older, knowing that she was going to then watch the torture and crucifixion of her child. We know that because in John chapter 19, verse 25, we read near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. What must that have been like? We can't pretend to know, can we? We know that there was a sense of bitter end for her there. To be able to cope with such pain and face such emotional torment in front of our very eyes demands incredible courage. That's tough. And again, that family know the reality of that right up close unbelievable pain and it gives us maybe a brief insight as to what mary would have been going through may we know god's touch presence and power as and when such moments come our own way in the suffering or death of a loved one or even of ourselves jesus is still lord and alongside those tough and turbulent times that may well come our way and we never quite know when that might happen Make a commitment now, a covenant with your God, to say, even at that time, I am the Lord's servant. Maybe do that today. We don't know what's going to be around the corner. Let's pray together. And then musicians are going to come and lead us in a beautiful song entitled, I Speak Jesus. And then there's a following song, which is incredible. Oh, holy night. It's going to put tingles down your spine. Let's come to God in prayer. God, we want to say thank you for Mary and for what she teaches us in the now. Someone that demonstrated faith, demonstrated the heart of a servant at such a young age. And yet as she grew older, when pain before her very eyes would have ripped her heart in two, she stood firm. She held on. She knew that you were there as her God. She never denied you or forsook you. We thank you for her commitment that was able to say, I am the Lord's servant. And may it be wherever we're at in our own journey, we seek to have such a depth of relationship with you that whatever comes our way, we're able to reflect the very same. May it be that we can each of us say, I am the Lord's servant. Touch me where I need. Speak to me. Encourage me. Give me that sense of courage that I might need as we seek to respond to this Jesus. In his name we ask these things. Amen.